I have not experienced that level of stress to that degree in a long time. Around probably like 220, I was explicitly told from this dick fire marshal that he's not going to approve our event for that day. I think the part that annoys me the most is it seems like it was completely avoidable. Experiencing that level of stress and knowing that I didn't have to feel that at all was so avoidable. It like makes my blood boil. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the WIM podcast. Women in Influencer Marketing is a first-of-its-kind exclusive networking group made up of inspirational women. This podcast is where we explore influencer marketing and get real about women in business. Find us wherever you download podcasts, and of course, you can always find us at IamWim.com. That's IamWim.com. Hey, guys. Welcome back to the Women in Influencer Marketing podcast. My name is Jesse Grossman. I know many of you know that because you tune in every week. But for anyone who's new, uh, I founded this community called Women in Influencer Marketing. And I also have a consultancy called Tribe Monday, where I help people in all things influencer marketing. And of course, WIM is a community, a hive mind, a mentorship program, career resources, all sorts of stuff, all related to supporting women on their path in the influencer marketing stream. This week's episode is definitely one that I'm excited to chat about. It's all about employees having side hustles. And that can be anything. Um, that can be, you know, they're also a creator. That can be they create t-shirts or like whatever their side hustle is. But I think that I would love to explore today with you guys the fundamental question should your employee have a side hustle? So we're going to get into that this week. I hope you stick around. All right, guys. So before we get into this week's episode, about side hustles and employee habits and just like how to have a great team. I am coming back from LA. Today is actually my first day back in New York. It's nice to be back. I think I'm still like realistically processing uh, that whole trip. It was like three trips in one. Um, The first part was our LA experience, which was the day after I arrived. And then I went over to Anaheim for VidCon, and that was like a multi-day event. And then I just spent time with my best friend who just had her first baby. He's three months old. And I just got baby snuggles for a few days, which was really, really nice. So I'll recap that a little bit because I'm sure some of you guys are curious. I know I've posted a little bit about on social. And um, yeah, I'll share a little bit about all that here so you guys can get a little bit behind the scenes. So our LA experience, you guys, I feel like if you ask anybody who attended, I hope they would say that it was fun. It was a success. They had a nice time. I think that they would say that. From my perspective, it was a mess. It was a mess. I have not experienced that level of stress to that degree in a long time. And we planned the heck out of that event. Events are just a beast. I knew that things would go wrong because 
with events, if you just do enough of them, you know that inevitably things go wrong. Things are, you know, as much as you plan, unpredictable things happen. However, I did not think that it would be to the degree that it was. Literally, you guys, the day of the event, our vendors were supposed to start coming around two o'clock to set up furniture, to like just set up. Generally, we had photographer, videographer, caterer, drinks, the whole, everyone was supposed to start coming at two. By 2.15, I didn't know if we were going to have the event. I didn't know if we were going to be allowed to. And around probably like 2.20, I was explicitly told from this dick fire marshal that he's not going to approve our event for that day. And like, sorry, but not sorry. Understandably, I was panicked, literally on the verge of tears. But like, I think my adrenaline was pumping so much that I was just like, I can't fall apart right now. And I just went right into problem solving mode. I think part that annoys me the most is it seems like it was completely avoidable. And I just know that like, that's just a pet peeve of mine. I don't know about you guys, but like experiencing that level of stress and knowing that I didn't have to feel that at all was so avoidable. It like makes my blood boil. makes me so mad. And also, unfortunately, like, I didn't really get to enjoy the event at all. Like, I can get over things. Like, if something goes awry, I'm not traumatized by it. I'm not, like, sitting around, like, you know, for months on end thinking about how terrible of an experience it was. But, like, it legitimately takes me a couple days, like, literally two days, two full days to, like, come down from that level of disappointment or stress even. So we ended up taking the risk and putting on the event even though we did not have this like ridiculous fire marshal approval. Basically, we had to make a judgment call and we decided to have the show go on. I thank God for the like, I think we had like six or seven people volunteer to help out at the event in exchange for a ticket. And like, thank God for all of you guys, because while I'm like running around stressed the book out, trying to get it all together and, you know, shift my mindset from this like approval not happening to just producing a successful event. You guys were like getting everything together and like godsend, seriously. So shout out to all of you guys because I know you know who you are and thank you for all of your generosity. I think it's like a major takeaway if I can go on a tangent for a second from my entire trip in LA, I had so many people who were so kind and generous. And like from all these people who volunteered, one of our volunteers came to my Airbnb the day before and helped me put together all of our gift bags. Like she didn't have to do that. It was just simply because she was trying to be nice. And like we got to know each other and we got dinner and like it was so kind of her to do that. When the speaker that we rented stopped working halfway through the event when we were playing music, probably like two-thirds of the way of, through the event, our videographer was so nice. And he was like, let me see if I can help you. Blah, blah, blah. Like he's supposed to be just like taking video and doing his own thing. And like he certainly didn't have to help. And he stepped in and he like, my anxiety went from here to like here. <laughs> like a little down, a little lessened. And it was just, I don't know, there were just countless instances where people just went out of their way to just be kind and helpful. And 
I feel like it really inspired me to do the same and to pay it forward a little bit. So thank you for all the people who were incredibly kind and gracious to me during my trip to LA. I really, really appreciate it. But to put a pin on the event, um, if you check out our Instagram, I am Wim, you'll see a little video of the event, some photos of it. We had a really incredible panel discussion. That was like really, really interesting. And shout out to Tagger for sponsoring and Hangar 4 for sponsoring and Create LLC. We had a couple of those folks on the panel and like that was a good conversation. And then we just like the theme was endless summer. So we had pool floaties everywhere. We had this really cool 360 photo booth. We had headshots for people's LinkedIn being taken. It was good. I could appreciate it through the photos because if I'm being 100 with you guys, I wasn't having a good time in the moment, which sucks. I don't know if any of you guys can relate to that. I wish I was, but I was just so stressed. Anyway, so then I took a couple days um, after the event and headed over to Anaheim for VidCon, which was a really nice time. The first day that I got there, I just like went straight to this outlet mall <laughs> and like went to town. Love a good outlet mall. Got a couple cool things from the Bloomingdale's outlet. So nice. To actually both of them I wore on stage when I was speaking on Saturday. Shout out Bloomingdale's. It was my first job in New York too. Fun fact. Um, anyways, the outlet mall was super fun. I just got to like decompress and like chill and then like casually check into my hotel, get my badge, et cetera, et cetera. And then VidCon began. It was really lovely. We had like an impromptu lunch with people in WIM. We have like a VidCon Slack channel that we sort of like reinvigorate every year. And I posted in there. I was like, hey, whoever's at VidCon this year, like anyone want to impromptu meet up for lunch? And three of you guys uh, came and it was just like really lovely. We talked about all kinds of things from like work to babies to fertility issues to what it is to get a babysitter. It was really, really nice getting lunch with you guys. So um, shout out to you guys who came. It was really lovely to see you. All right. So I have to tell you guys a little bit about a company that I absolutely love. It's called Oversubscribe. Their co-founder, Peter, was actually recently on this podcast. So go check out that episode from June 20th. But basically, Oversubscribe is a place where fans can fund their favorite creators and earn back on that investment. So if you're a creator or their management, you should totally check them out. The million dollar question these days is always around growth, how to grow, how to scale. And if you're a creator who wants to expand your business, but you simply don't have the capital to do it, let your fans fund it, the people who are already invested in you. Once the creator successfully grows their business from this investment and earns more based on that funding, the investor, the fans, from it too. There are lots of fans out there who would love to invest in their favorite creators, but they simply didn't know that they could. So subscribers now have a real stake in the success in a creator's business, thanks to oversubscribe. They can help them grow financially, which will then in turn make the content better, the quality of the content better, which will accelerate your growth as a creator just because you got some funding from the people who have already supported you for years. 
I think it's a really innovative idea. I love it. I want you guys to check out oversubscribe.co and just mention WIM. That's oversubscribe.co and tell them Jesse from WIM sent you. I did a mentorship session at VidCon, which was a very humbling experience. I was supposed to have 20 people show up and literally one did. Humbling, you guys. Humble. Like the second you like your head gets a little big, your ego is like, ha ha, I've made it. One person shows up to a session. (laughs) So that was humbling. And Look, the reality is like I had a lovely conversation with this girl. We're now connected on LinkedIn. She is a junior in college, you guys. And like I was so impressed with everything she's doing. I was like, some of the things that you're telling me about, I just discovered on my own, like at the age of 36. But you're doing this all as a probably like 20-year-old and you're still in school. I was so impressed. It was really inspiring to meet her. So maybe it was more of a mentorship session for me. Um, And then Saturday, I had my panels, which one of them was phenomenal. And the other one, I liked the first one better, if I'm being completely honest. The first one was a bunch of WIM members that I was able to get together to be my panelists. We had four women, all in women, have been for years. I think all of them had been on the podcast before. So we had Katya Allison, we had Christina Jones, we had Kristen Danino Guzman, and we had Meredith Jacobson. I'm sure you guys probably have seen them around the community. Shout out to them. Go check out their episodes on the podcast. They were all on it at different times. And they were wonderful panelists. So we prepared these questions in advance. Like we all had just really good chemistry. And I felt so good about that panel. I know they recorded it. I'm sure they do. I hope we can get a copy of it. I would really love to share it with you guys. Maybe we'll have like a whole podcast episode just of that panel. That would be really, really cool in case you, you know, couldn't freaking spend a thousand dollars on a ticket to VidCon. It's a whole other conversation. I check out my LinkedIn actually. I I posted about a recap about VidCon, my thoughts about it, what could improve. But that one panel was really fun. And then the other panel, like, wasn't bad. I felt ill prepared for it. And um, it was put together very, very last minute. And it felt like that. And I just had been wanting to speak at VidCon for years. Like, no one would give me the time of day. Like I've partnered with them for the past couple of years to give our members a discount on tickets. And we explored last year, like a whole bunch of different things that I pitched to them and they inevitably said no to all of them. Like was so excited that I finally met someone who worked on the programming side of VidCon who was willing to give me the time of day and have me speak there this year. And he not only gave me one panel, he gave me two. One of them, he's like, yeah, put the whole thing together. So I grabbed a bunch of women from WIM. Like I did the mentorship session. I was so excited. So like that second panel kind of, it just was not prepared. And it felt sloppy, to be honest, to me. Like I was just really disappointed because I know how much it meant for me to be there and how much I had worked so hard to get onto that stage. And so to like let that opportunity like 
to treat it like that was really disappointing to me. So I'm glad that I got two because at least I got to experience that one really positive experience. And then from there, I just went to go visit my best friend who just recently had her baby. He is just the sweetest, you guys. It was really scratching that itch (laughs) with Zoe, who some of you guys know is my stepdaughter. I only had her in my life since she was three. She's almost eight now. But I miss that baby phase. I've never really been around babies my whole life. Like It just never really happened. So it was just really nice to spend time with my best friend, to catch up, and mostly just to like hang out with her little baby. <laughs> He's just the sweetest thing. And I really enjoyed just decompressing and just like truly taking some days off. I'm probably going to do a podcast episode in the future about what it is to have freedom in your life because of the business that you run. I mean, I'm very mindful of the fact that I own my own business and I can just take a week off and like that's okay to do. I know that that's not everybody else's experience, but if that's something that you want, it is totally possible. So if you guys are interested in having an episode about like how to make that a reality for yourself, comment on the YouTube video of this podcast and let me know. And if you say that you'd like me to do an episode on that, I will totally do an episode on that. But today's episode, like I mentioned in the beginning, is all about employee side hustles. It's a topic of conversation I've been wanting to chat about with you guys for a while, and we're going to get into it today. Thanks for listening to my my recap of my LA trip. I would love to hear from you guys if you attended the event, if you liked it, if you enjoyed it, if you attended VidCon, if you enjoyed that too. Again, like the best place to share this stuff is on our YouTube channel. So check out our YouTube. We'll link it below. So you can just go right there, leave a comment and let me know what your guys' thoughts are. All right, let's get into this week's topic. So there has been a resurgence, I would say, of people who are working full-time roles as employees at a company and also simultaneously having a side hustle. I've changed my mind about it over the years. I will be honest and say that years ago when I had a team and I was hiring people myself, I just wanted their focus to be on my company and my vision. And like, I didn't want them to be distracted. I didn't want to question like if they're on their phone or on their computer, like, are they just doing their business or are they doing my business? And I think that like many years removed from that, and having a bit more perspective, I am all for employees having side hustles. Like all of us, all of you guys who are listening and watching, we're all like multidimensional people. And I feel like maybe like your early 20s when, you know, we had more of like this hustle culture anyway, where you are like solely focused on this one job and you're giving it your all. And that's your only focus. I feel like nowadays, like especially post-pandemic, there are just a lot of us who need to like scratch an itch, like a creative itch, get a little bored by doing the same thing all the time. Basically, by having a side hustle, I sort of just equate that to having another passion, something that's important to you. And I am all about, you know, being passionate about your work 
So like that's sort of what it equates to for me. And I know that it like it could really invigorate a person. It can make them better employees for you and your business that you do together. In fact, I would put money on it that it would. So I'm all for it. Hey, you. Thanks for listening to this episode. This show is sponsored by Women in Influencer Marketing, the best online community for the creator economy. You'll meet fellow influencer marketers, brands, and talent managers to talk shop, get hired, and even find a mentor. When you join, don't forget to check out all of our incredible resources. We also have dozens of masterclasses from the top voices at TikTok, YouTube, award-winning agencies, and women who are paving the way for us all. If you want a chance to network with a who's who in influencer marketing, just check out what it takes to join the membership collective. Visit iamwim.com slash join today. That's I-A-M-W-I-I-M dot com slash join. And I'll see you around the community. I think the real question is in our industry is when that side hustle is that they're a content creator. So they're working at an influencer marketing company and on the side, they're a content creator. And is that okay? I know a lot of people have mixed feelings about it. And I know some people draw a bright line there and say, that's not what I want for an employee in my business. And I get that. I really do. I appreciate it. And I think it's a very personal decision. I do think that it depends on the role, of course, and what they do for your business. If it's a clear conflict of interest, I understand not having an employee do that. However, (laughs) what I want to do is sort of shed light on what the possible benefits could be. And again, I'm not saying like have all of your employees be creators, but when you find someone who is really great at what they do for you and your company. And they also want to be a a creator. They also are a creator. I don't think you should immediately like say that's not okay. I think even in the hiring process, if you find a candidate that's fantastic, but they happen to also be a content creator, like don't disregard guard them simply because you made this arbitrary rule in your mind and you believe it's a conflict of interest. And I will tell you a million reasons why, but a few today. One, perspective is so important. So if you have a person who's like running campaigns, let's say, and they're also a creator, that perspective is going to be so valuable in their interactions with the creators as the campaign manager. Why? Because they understand when things go awry, they speak that language. They understand like how to communicate something to get what they want. And they just empathize. They get it. And I feel like creators or anybody like appreciates having somebody on the other side empathize with them. So that empathy and that perspective is really, really important and valuable. I also think that, you know, they're out there doing it. They're out there seeing what's working, what's not working. And so let's say you have someone on your team who's more of a strategist, more high level, and they're out there experimenting on their own channels what methods are really getting traction, you know, 
tactics and strategies that make their content pop. That experience, that hands-on experience is so much better than like the theoretical because all of us can preach all day long about, you know, I believe that, you know, we should do this with the strategy or that with the strategy, this with the content, the social media, you know, et cetera. But to actually have real life hands-on experience doing it and seeing what's working, what's not working in real time because they're experimenting on a regular basis, it's just like a really positive attribute. It's a positive skill that they are honing in on a regular basis. So I think it's great. Um, I also know that people get concerned with, you know, if it's a content creator that's on your team, are they going to basically like steal contacts or take that opportunity to pitch themselves? And look, I think that fundamentally you either just need to trust somebody or you don't trust them. But if they work for you and they've earned your trust and they are explicitly telling you that I would never pitch myself to somebody, I would never take contacts from you for my own purposes, then I think that like you just need to trust them until they've proven otherwise. The reality is influencer marketing is a relationship business. So many other industries have this too. So we're not that special. (laughs) But basically, if you have employees that are really digging into the relationships and really exploring them with people that you're doing business with, you want that to be the case. And you either have to trust these people or you don't. But if you don't trust someone because they've done something that's shown you they're not trustworthy, they shouldn't work for your company anyway. But I think that people are trustworthy until they prove otherwise. I think that, you know, if a creator is saying to you that I'm going to work for your company and I'm going to be respectful of these contacts and I'm not going to pitch myself, then I would believe them. I just fundamentally like don't want to live in this untrustworthy state. I understand that some people have been burned in the past. And so for you, it could be really, really hard to do that. I think that it could also be really, really hard for you to trust again. I totally appreciate that. But ultimately, I just think you need to trust them or you don't trust them. But this in-between where it's like, you know, I'm going to have them be on my team and I'm wondering what they're doing and I'm micromanaging things. Like people just need to be given permission to fly and to soar. And if they're given that, their work is just going to be infinitely better. The last thing I think I just want to stress and so many other people in the creator economy got in here because we're creatively minded. So if you have an employee that just needs to sort of flex that a little bit more, whether it's like their own business or they're contributing to somebody else's or it's simply just something for fun, but they monetize it, like there is no shame in that. We are living in a different world than we were, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago when like this probably wouldn't be as possible as it was before. But I think that like it is okay to say that, you know, your employees can have side hustles because it just ultimately, in my opinion, makes them better employees for you and it makes them better human beings. And at the end of the day, 
I just want employees who are really talented and fulfilled human beings. So I think the answer to this, at least in my eyes, is just taking a much more human approach. And you could disagree. You could agree. I, you know, I would love to hear what you guys think. Do you currently have employees who have side hustles? Are you a little salty about it? Do you think that it's a good thing that you should encourage? Do you think it's just something you should accept, but you, you know, sort of turn a blind eye, but you'd rather it not be happening? I'm curious what you guys think. But yeah, I mean, there are, of course, certain circumstances and context that matters around all this. But ultimately, I think it's okay. I think it's a positive thing, actually. And what I said before is, I think, the best way to sum it up, which is, I just want happy and fulfilled humans as my employees goes a really, really long way. And I did not used to feel like this. So again, check out our YouTube, comment on this because I want you guys to give me your thoughts on this topic. Thank you guys so, so much for tuning in and we will see you next Tuesday. Bye, guys. If you enjoyed this episode, we got to have you back. Check out our website for more ways to get involved, including all the information you need about joining our collective. You can check out all the information at IamWim.com. Leave us a review, a rating, but the most important thing that we can ask you to do is to share this podcast. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week. Tune in next week.